0: This is Global Bible Study, a World Christianity Project, connecting you to the Word and to the world of God. Hello, in this episode, Mariana Hidalgo, an education graduate and a theology student at Brazil Advances University, is my co-host.
1: Christian witnessing is all about Jesus when we understand who he is and have experienced the marvels of his grace and the power of his love, we cannot be silent. Why Witness? To discuss Why Witness, we welcome Dr. Johnny Ramirez Johnson from Puerto Rico. He is an alumnus of Harvard University and currently works as a Professor of Anthropology at Fuller Theological Seminary in California, USA. Pastor Hasron Jacob from India, a graduate student at Brazil Adventist University, enrolled in the Missiology program. He and his wife have worked as missionaries in Lebanon for the last three years. Miriam Stoikov from England, She is a pastor's child who has lived in Ireland, Germany, Russia, and the USA, and is now the director of the English Language Center at Newbold College, England. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today, and we are about to begin the discussion of our global Bible study.
0: One of the interesting Bible texts is found in 1 Timothy 2, verses And four, where we read, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Dr. Ramirez, does God need us in order to save people or not? And uh, then, what is really our role in uh,
2: witnessing and uh, God's mission? Well, Dr. Diaz, you began with a very small, insignificant question. <laughs> that that question you pose has, like most realities that we confront, more than one side. Definitely, God has no need because of lack of capacities, but God has a need because of relationships and that distinction is not easily grasped very nice our study guide uh, has the the, the following
0: question It, it says we do not witness to give people their only chance to be saved we witness to give them their best chance so is that where we come in Miriam how do you see this
3: Mm-hmm. Um, just repeat that again. So witnessing, so people become their best. Uh,
0: so they have the best chance to be saved.
3: Hmm. Well, I guess witnessing does go both ways. Um, yes. So witness the person witnessing and the one uh, being witnessed to. They get the blessing in many ways. I guess um, I've I've felt. Um, often there have been cases when i've even tried to witness subtly but i really felt this uh, strengthening of my faith as well whenever i've had to share my story and and then to see how much my story has impacted other people as well even if i didn't expect it at all um yes does that does that answer the question yeah of
0: course (laughs) uh one of the the, uh, understandings that have impacted the uh, the, the study of mission in the last uh, few decades is the idea that God is the primary missionary and that uh, mission ultimately flows out of God's character and from his heart. What
2: what is that, uh, Pastor? Well, I am glad to jump into this question because, if I may, the very crucial idea of salvation is understood from the context of the roman empire and the pauline contextualization and it should not be taken as a universal only perspective of the ways of god i rather read the bible through the lenses of the old testament where the issue is, were you born to the right family or not? And if you were not born into the right family, how do you get into the family? And not a question of deciding salvation or not, but a question of deciding relationship, being in relationship or not. That would be my suggestion that it is not about, it has never been about will I be safe that's not really a question. It's like asking any one of the panelists here that has a nephew that they love, if they were to be asked the question, do you want to do something good for your nephew or your niece, or if they have a son, or if you are already in having grandchildren that I don't think any of you are, uh, there's no issue. I will always do anything and everything from my gar- grandchildren. It is a question of quality of relationship. That's where we come in.
0: Pastor Hezron,
2: you've worked as a missionary.
0: And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm uh, here wondering, when you understand that God is the primary missionary, the the one most interested in uh, saving people, as Dr. Ramirez was uh, referring to now, uh, what are some of the implications of this in real life? How does that affect the way you go about witnessing to other people?
4: Yeah. First of all, I believe the willingness to witness is a decision that uh, each one must make. So, um, your own testimony is the best way you can share. It's not just the Bible truths. And uh, broad-mindedness to listen carefully to the other. I think that that is an uh, imperative factor in the soul winning process and uh, you know god, god he he doesn't want us to bear the entire weight on our shoulders he he wants us to uh, work alongside him you know and uh, so jesus is the primary focus and he's always there for us and uh, that's how we can go about doing the work and he's always there and, um, and as we share, I think uh, uh, Miriam, that's, that's her name, she said, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's a two way road, you know, it strengthens our faith, uh, our spirits will be revived and uh, our faiths will be bolstered as we go forth to tell others. Mm-hmm.
1: I love what Pastor Johnny said about bringing the gospel to people, about being, bringing relationship to them and being connected to them, because that's really what it's all about, about making our family, the family of God bigger. And I would like to ask Miriam about, in your personal experience, what do you think are some demonstrations of that love that you have witnessed or that you have experienced in your own life when witnessing?
3: So I've always, well, I've always admired my parents, so they're missionaries, and my mother is a very bold woman. She doesn't mind speaking boldly um, about her faith, but for me personally, I've, um, yeah, it's, uh, it hasn't been easy. I, I think I've had to find different ways of witnessing that are maybe more natural to me. <laughs> um, so for me, it's been a lot about action. So I guess, um, um, Mariana you might remember at your time at Newbold but we used uh, we um, used to visit the homeless in, in London and on a weekly basis and I, I think for me that was uh, one of the, the biggest ways that I had the opportunity to witness and to see the effect immediately um, sometimes witnessing takes time um, but this was more of a, a, an immediate effect and I think if, if I had to answer the question what was the most impressive demonstration of love that i have witnessed um it would be there was i remember one evening it was one friday evening it must have been autumn a bit colder and we split into different groups to visit different parts of london and then um we we were approaching the end of the night and one of the group leaders um well we all came back and i noticed he didn't have his shoes on (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think that's something that stuck with me because he didn't lose his shoes, let me just clarify. He gave his shoes to a homeless person. (laughs) So I think that's something that really stuck with me um, and was it was, yeah, an example to me. Mm
0: -hmm. Dr. Ramirez, so would you say that the main reason or motivation for us to engage in God's mission would be related to his love.
2: It should be selfish. Our main motivation for engaging in mission should be selfish. Just as selfish as God is. God cannot withstand not being in relationship with each of us. Each of us are so unique that it is selfish interest. God wants us all. That's the beauty of Philippians chapter 2 and the last two verses give the climax and the purpose of the salvation enterprise so that every knee will bow before Jesus if Jesus had said it he would have said that everyone would be seated around the table of the banquet but Paul loved the imperial things so he made everybody bow probably we would be bowing before we sit to eat Jesus would have focused on the sitting along the same table. Paul focused on the bowing and worshiping God. So God has self-love and he needs, in the sense of relationships, to be with all of us. And we should be doing the same because I need Jacob as much as I need Mariana. And I need Lucas and Marcelo because I am incomplete just like God, is incomplete without the pieces of God that are in us. I better be quiet now.
4: That's beautiful. And also, and even Matthew 9.36 says that Jesus had compassion. This throughout the Gospels, you see a phrase that is frequently used, that he felt compassion. So these words describe what Jesus often experienced when he encountered people in a helpless condition. So we, when we go about reaching people, the unreached, whatever we call, we, we need to have the same compassion and that selfish uh, love that Jesus had, you know, to go about reaching the unreached.
1: And Pastor Hedron, what suggestions would you give for young people to go about experiencing this outflow of God's love through their lives?
4: Um, well, <laughs> the, the first thing that... Uh, depending on the people that you reach uh most young people they are very dynamic and they love uh making friends uh so i would say that you could always uh, my friends here know that i love uh being invited at home for a meal <laughs> and uh you know working for salvation uh for the salvation of the lost is a, is a integral uh to our conversion process this is this thing is integral to our conversion process so with that in mind god is going to work two ways and the first thing we're going to do is like we're going to understand the person whom we're going to meet from his context what what he likes and uh not just go about religious conversation probably it should be football or something that he likes invite them for a meal and that that that's gonna that's that is something that would you know communicate to him and then uh, build bridges with the common points that they have, probably with this belief. Especially we have to be cultural sensitive. Uh, the young people who are, who are preparing to be missionaries or who are already missionaries in a, another culture that is not their own, they have to be very cultural sensitive to know uh, the kind of baggage that they have, uh, which is very important so that we would be able to uh, contextualize the, the gospel message in a way that he understands. So uh, this is very important and uh, friendship is everything. You know, Jesus went about, he, he is a friend of everyone, friend of sinners, he sat in need with everyone you can imagine. So I think we should, when we follow these examples that Jesus did, it, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. And he's there with us, you know, he's the chief master, the guide. And when we follow him, everything comes well. It is going to be a success. Well,
0: it seems that uh, when we, in the context of relationship and out of love, it becomes a cycle. We experience God's love in our lives and now we uh, express that to other people and through a relationship. And uh, that's how it goes. Now, um, there are some stories in the Bible that will also show the end results of that process. And the study guide talks about some of them Uh, We know the parables in Luke 15. Um, What happens in the end?
1: Yeah, just as in when people come in contact with the gospel, their lives are transformed. And in the Bible, we have many, um, many stories where this happens. And our study guide talks a lot about this. And we just wanted you to share for the end of this. So we talk about it's important to witness and then what happens when we do it? What are the impacts that we can create in people's lives?
2: Okay, I, I love the question. The, if we look at one of the less popular of those parables, the lost coin, we get, I think, a closer and more discreet picture of the experience of salvation. The coin has no idea it is lost. So it's all about the woman who is looking for the coin. She's the one that has the party. Well, that woman represents God. Any parable that puts God as a woman, I love that parable. It's gonna be deeper, and it's gonna be full of meaning to exploit. God is the party that benefits of our salvation. The number one party, the coin, Couldn't care less, did not know what was going on, but the owner knew. The owner wanted that coin, and when the coin is found, there's a party, not for the sake of the coin. They did not say, oh, we are celebrating your coin. You made it. You're such a big thing. It is all about the woman who lost it, just the same way the father. The father runs after his two sons. He's not one prodigal son, there are two prodigal sons. One was a church uh, looking after the business of the father for the purpose of law keeping and having no relationship significant at all. He never understood everything was his. He always saw himself as a servant. It is always about the father. It is always about the woman who lost the coin. It is always about the shepherd. It is God's self-interest. It is selfish, as selfish as a father doing anything for a child. And this love is as selfish as being willing to go to a cross to satisfy the self-interest. When we go to
0: different countries and we learn from different cultures, we realize that everyone, every culture has its own, uh, own ways of celebrating life. I'm curious, uh, Miriam. you've lived in different countries. What are some of the interesting ways of uh, people uh, just celebrating life and party that you have witnessed in your experience? Is there anyone that jumps to mind?
3: Mm. Well, I think in general, it's a very big party isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yes very often uh i guess the people i know they would have a, a a big party invite friends so you want to share this special moment with people um gifts <laughs> depends on your love language really <laughs> yeah. so um yes um other things maybe also traveling some people like to um just spend celebrate these moments alone meditating reflecting on their life so it depends
4: about in india has so invite probably everyone you have come across in your life <laughs> not necessarily the ones that are really close and uh it's just joy in giving uh you know uh, i this few months ago we went to india and uh, to show our little child to our parents so she's just uh she was just three months back then and you see that people who have, haven't seen us whom i don't even know have given several gifts uh expensive gifts and uh so that's that's something you know they love giving and sharing in our culture mm-hmm. the sense of community is very strong
2: <laughs> yes how about puerto rico Oh, yeah. You have to have no noise, lots of noise, <laughs> lots of running about children that are expressing themselves, going from one family member to another, running after each other, eating and making noise. Give, Give me, me noise. I Give me know. lots of people bumping with each other and kissing each other.
1: And I suppose food is a common element in all cultures, right? Everyone.
4: Exactly. Everyone
1: <laughs> well, I, then why
2: why did you not mention it? <laughs> that is a characteristic. If you go by a party and everything is silent and everybody is seated in their place, will it be a party? I don't
3: know.
4: <laughs> Probably they're well, wondering where the food is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think as we we're coming to our conclusion of our time together. There's uh, a the last question we wanted to pose here. That is, so I think that there is a danger that maybe as a church we may at times forget the main purpose of our existence. What do you feel about that and what, what would be a way uh, to counter that tendency? Mm-hmm oh
2: that that is the most scary thing and is the most common instead of making it the mission of god we make it the survival of the institution like there was any merit in the institution and we have beautiful institutions and i have lived of the institutions all my life I am a professor. There has always been an institution that I am drawing my salary from Don't believe that I am putting down institutions. I love institutional life, but that is never the purpose. The purpose is the mission of God, the coming together, how to prevent us from making the institution the center. Do not allow overpowering leaders take charge overpowering leaders that want everybody to be in control and only have one way of defining things. That is the 666. That's what the 666 does. The 666 that we must fear is not the one that's going to give us a Sunday law. It's the one that will prevent diversity from within the church. Because We need diversity in order to concentrate not on the survival of the institution, but on the mission of God. Those voices that are protesting, like in Acts chapter six. If you read Acts chapter six, it's a big gossip experience of people who are not being heard, of people who are being put down, of people who are being ignored. And when the church listens, then the mission exploits. And the spirit makes wonderful things. And that needs to be repeated time and again and again. But if there's a leader that wants everything under control and wants to keep everything tight, because control is the mission, Satan has taken control.
0: Miriam, how do you feel about that? You live in Europe, mm-hmm. where uh, we see some of, some challenges in that sense. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I I was just thinking about that. So I think some of the dangers that we could have is uh, getting comfortable uh, in the situation that we're in, because I guess in, in, I I mean, I can talk about my context, you know, Um, maybe Uh, let's say maybe we have everything we need physically and then it's very um easy to um, forget about the spiritual needs as well and um if you don't need anything uh sometimes we forget to seek God and and I was just thinking about you know the question was what is our purpose as a a church is as well oh I mean sorry the main yes the it is, yes, the, the main purpose. Um, I think we need to remember what it is. Uh, if it is to seek God's kingdom and to be disciples, I, I think we need to uh, find a way of doing that in this context. And um, there's... Uh, a bible verse that I actually I was reminded of this morning it's uh 1st John 3 18 which says dear children let's not merely say that we love each other but let us show the truth by our actions so I think that's uh, one thing very often you know we go to church and we hear um love we we preach it but we don't do it and i think uh, i think in, in in this context i think it has to be about actions faith is action god is action
4: i think uh, paul in romans uh, chapter one uh, he says that i'm a debtor both to uh greeks and to barbarians you know to the wise and to the foolish uh most uh, it's, you know it's never too late to start witnessing for christ uh, the biggest challenges that we face is that most people, they feel a sense of inadequacy when it comes to sharing their faith. Maybe they're intimidated by their moral, moral failures. And um, there is this example in the uh, Bible where it says that the disciples, they were casting out demons, they were doing everything. And then Jesus looks up to uh, Peter and said, when you are converted. So you don't have to always wait to come to fullness of your knowledge so that you can start sharing the gospel. The most people, they are they think it's the work of the church to do it. Oh, it's not mine. We say it's okay. It's not my business to do this. It's the work of the pastors, work of the church. Uh, it's Everyone should be involved. And the biggest challenge is everyone needs to know God would use them where they're at. God used the disciples where they were at. So you don't have to be while you're sharing. So that's when the transformation uh, takes place. That's that's when uh, things changes, and then you foster relationships. You know, I give tips to those people who I give Bible studies with, who I uh, who I teach. Uh, you know, it's about. You pray with them, serving them, listening to them, you know, embrace their feelings, needs, desires. Sometimes these people, they come to church on a weekly basis, they don't have, they just go there, listen to a sermon, they leave. But then these people need to get involved. Once they are involved and once they share, you can see things just going on. The biggest challenge is like we need to motivate, we need to make our people to get involved. And the need that they need to know, they have to start sharing the gospel Where they are at, God is going to use them. That's beautiful. Thank you.
1: And before we close, thank you so much, everyone, for participating and for the wonderful inputs you have given to us for this conversation, for the discussion. And we want to establish a tradition here of learning how to wish Happy Sabbath in different languages. So, Pastor um, Dr. Ramirez, could you please begin Say happy Sabbath in a language of your
3: choice, and we will each contribute something.
2: <laughs> Feliz Sawal. <laughs>
3: okay, well, happy Sabbath and Sretna Subota.
4: What I would say in two, two languages one in Arabic, uh, that's where I served for three years in one of the countries in the Middle East. Sub is uh, happy Sabbath in Arabic, and uh, I would want to say Oivunal Nalbarthukal, which is in Tamil.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, so to end, I think we can say Feliz Sabado from Brazil, and Feliz for guys, thank you so much. And I think this is it. Uh, have a blessed week, and also for the people hearing us or watching us. We will have an Instagram account also, which is World Christianity at World Christianity, And there you can follow and have exclusive content and follow us for, for the next lessons of the following weeks. So we will be presenting for the whole quarterly, and we will be very glad to have you all in this journey with us.
0: On behalf of our producer, Lucas Moreira, and all of us, thanks for joining Global Bible Study. We highly recommend that you study this topic in depth with your study guide. Don't forget to follow and interact with us on social media, on Instagram at WorldChristianity. Until next time, be global!